All right, hello everybody. Welcome here to Summit Church in Fenton. Welcome everyone in the sanctuary here. Welcome everybody on social media. We're so glad you joined us today. Now I want to talk to you today about something that we all face, and it's the storms of life. The storms of life. We all face them. We all have, have storms to go through. And uh, if you've lived any length of time on this earth at all, you know that, that there's storms to go through. And I'm not just talking about, you know, hail and rain and tornadoes. I'm talking about the storms of life. And, uh, you know, um, there's uh, several different kinds of storms that we, that we all face at one time or another. Um, uh, and uh, you, you need to realize that not all, st all storms require the same reaction on our part. Um, as we go through this today, I want you to, to realize that uh, not all storms require the same reaction on our part. Each type of storm requires a different kind of reaction. So let's go through and look at the different kinds of storms that we can run into. First of all, in Mark, the fourth chapter, Mark, the fourth chapter, 35th verse, Mark 4:35 says, On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now he was going... Uh, over to the other side, he was going over to deliver the maniac of Gadara. Remember, he was that demon-infested man with that legion of demons. So that's where Jesus was headed. And uh, verse 36, now when they had left the multitude, they, uh, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And notice, a great windstorm arose. And uh, a great windstorm arose. And the, uh, and uh, is there an issue there? Did we have, did we have, uh, did we have everything working? Did we have the audio working? So what did you do? Oh, okay, you could hear. Well, all right, well, we had a little interruption there, but I hope you're still with us out there. I hope you can hear us fine. But, um, uh, all right, we're going to, should I just pick up right where I was or? Should I start over? <laughs> There's a storm. There's a storm. Where was Jesus headed? Where was he going? He was going to the other side. He was going to the other side. Where was he going? You know where he was going? What was he going to do? Going to deliver the maniac of Gadara. He had a legion of demons in him. That's a bad thing. And you know the devil didn't want that to. He didn't. The devil didn't want that man to get delivered. He he didn't want that guy to get delivered. And. Uh, so, so be that as it may, uh, no, notice verse 37. They're on their way across, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, and it was already filling. And uh, uh, Luke's account says that they were in jeopardy. So, so, so the disciples, they're out there, they're in jeopardy. Now, where were they going again? To deliver the maniac of Gadara. Okay. And uh, and Jesus was in the stern. He was asleep on a pillow. They woke him up and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And uh, and he arose. And notice what he did. Now, they're in a storm, aren't they? They're in a storm. And now notice what he did here. Now, would you agree this storm was of the devil? The, the devil sent this one? Yes. And, and why would he send it? Well, I think he would send it to try to stop Jesus from delivering the maniac of Gadara. Right? And so, so you got this storm going on. Now notice what Jesus did in verse 39. He arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. 
and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now notice in this particular storm, what did Jesus do? He, he rebuked it. He spoke to it. He rebuked it. And, and there was a great calm. And then he says to his disciples, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Which I think is, is clear that he expected them to do something about the storm. He'd been teaching them about faith and, 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 and their authority. And I think it's clear in this statement that, that, uh, uh, he, 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 I think he wanted them to use their faith on, on it. And, uh, I, I think that's pretty clear. Some might debate that, but, uh, uh, I mean, he was asleep. He did, I mean, you know, Jesus, though he was 100% God, he was still 100% man and he was busy going all the time and sleep, I think, was precious to him and he was asleep and they woke him up. I think he was a little agitated with them for waking him up. Why didn't you do something about it? I think that's pretty clear here. And they feared exceedingly and said, you know, who can this be that even the wind and sea obey him? And uh, so, so you have a storm there. You have the storm, I think, sent, sent by the devil. And, uh, and what did Jesus do to this storm? He rebuked it, didn't he? He, he rebuked this storm. And, uh, and you know, some storms we're supposed to rebuke. Now you just need to realize that. Some storms we need to rebuke. And, and particularly when a storm is sent by the devil, uh, we need to use our faith based on the authority that Jesus has given us in his word and through his name, when a storm comes into our life that is sent by the devil to deter us uh, and to uh, hurt us, then we need to rebuke it. We, we just simply do. You know, the, the Bible tells us to rebuke the devil. You know, The Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. The Bible says that the devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then the Bible says, resist him steadfast in faith. So uh, uh, so some storms are to be rebuked. You know, we've rebuked storms right here. We're talking about the storms of life now, but, but I'm talking now about natural storms that have come that I believe were sent by the devil where you had channel two, channel four, channel five, all the, all the local forecasters put the bullseye on St. Louis and, uh, and, and said that, you know, the, the tornadoes were going to hit and blow, blow St. Louis off the map. I've even, there's been a time or two where they put a bullseye right here on Fenton. And said that, you know, that Fenton was going to get blowed off the map, you know. And, and so all we did was, uh, as a congregation, we would, we would arise up in, a, in the authority in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we've done this again and again over the last 27 years. And you all know it. You've been here. And we've spoke to the storm. We didn't ask the Heavenly Father to do something about the storm. He's already given us authority in the name of Jesus to do something about the storm. See, there, there's too many people, they don't understand their authority that 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 uh, God has given us in the name of Jesus and too many people are begging God to do something about the storm when God's already done all he's going to do about it you you realize that but I've watched Christians for years and you teach them and teach them and teach them and teach them and and they'll still after you teach them they'll still go and beg God to do something about the storm that the devil sent and God's not going to do anything more than he's already done he's given us authority in the name of Jesus and you speak to the storm just like you'd speak to the mountain, right? You speak to the storm in the name of Jesus. We've done that again and again. And I've already had people call me on the phone like there was a storm supposed to come through Fenton, you know. Tear it up. 
tornadoes. And uh, we Sunday morning we or Wednesday night, we'd speak to that thing and we'd tell it to break up before it got here or, or go to the north, go to the south or whatever, dissipate. And I've had I've had people on more than one occasion call me on the phone and say, Pastor Terry, I was looking at the radar on my phone, you know, on their on their cell phone. And it got right. It got just 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 before it hit Fenton, it broke up and part of it went north and part of it went south. And they're just amazed. And well, we used well, yeah. And I would assume there's other churches you would think in the area that were doing the same thing. But I know we did it, and uh, we used the authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we 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 foiled the devil's plot to destroy us again and again. Praise God. And, and you know it's true because we we you've lived here through this. You've lived through it with me. Is that right? Does anybody remember specifically? I mean, I mean, again and again, you know, that's happened, you know. So, uh, so, but, but, so, so there's some storms need to be rebuked. Okay. But, you know, in, in, uh, in certain circles, uh, Christian circles, among those who have learned about the authority of the believer. Now, you need to realize not all Christians know about the authority of the believer. I'd say very few really do know. I'd say very few really do know, and I'm going to be a little blunt here, but it's mainly, I think, in this hour because you have too many pastors up there trying to entertain congregations and telling them jokes and funny stories instead of teaching them the Word of God and teaching them about their authority, that, that, that we, you know, teaching the congregations about their authority. And I'll tell you what, when the devil comes knocking on the door in the midnight hour with a tornado or cancer or whatever else, the little joke that the pastor told is not going to run the devil off. But it's, it's, it's understanding our authority in the name of Jesus. You need to realize that. And, uh, but, uh, but, but in certain Christian circles who have been taught about the authority of the believer, the default position, now listen to this, I want you to get this. The default position whenever a storm arises is to rebuke it. You know what a default position is? It means that that's what you're going to do every time. That's what's what you do immediately. That's what you. That's what your. That's your default is. Oh, there's a storm needs to be rebuked. But I want to show you from the Bible. Not all storms need to be rebuked. And and and, and I've watched this over the years because I've taught uh, the the Summit Church congregation to, you know, rebuke storms. Because Jesus said we, we could and we should in his name. But I've watched a lot of Christians over the years. They're rebuking storms that don't need to be rebuked. They're, they're rebuking, rebuking. Why, be careful that your default position is not always to rebuke. Now, if something's sent by the devil, what do we do? We rebuke it. Absolutely. But you need to realize... That not all storms need to be rebuked. And so let's don't let that always be a default position. Notice Matthew, the 14th chapter. Let's look at another storm, a different storm. Uh, uh, there's some similarities in it, but it's in two different accounts and what we just read. Uh, and by the way, Jesus did get to the other side and he did deliver the maniac of Gadara and the maniac of Gadara became the evangelist of Decapolis. Isn't that wonderful? And that storm didn't stop Jesus or the disciples. Why? Because Jesus rebuked it, you see. Now, um, here in Matthew 14, now a whole different, different story. Immediately Jesus made his, this is Matthew 14, 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. 
And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. See, in the first story we read, he was in the ship asleep. But here he's up on the mountain praying. So it's two different incidents. Now, when evening came, he was alone there and the boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. Well, this is another storm. You need to realize we live in a fallen world. And just because there's a storm out there doesn't mean the devil has, has is, is directly behind it. You need to realize that. Do you, you understand that? I said, do you understand that? Just because there's a storm. I, I tell you what, just because there's a thunderstorm uh, moving through the area in, in St. Louis in the summertime doesn't mean the devil sent it. Do you, do you, do you realize that? Do you or don't you? I mean, just because I mean, we're going to have thunderstorms here. In St. Louis every once in a while. You know, I like a good thunderstorm every once in a while. Does anybody ever like it? I mean, you know, as long as it's not going to tear anything up or do any damage. You know, it's kind of neat. Does anybody like to, to sleep when it's raining in the morning, you know, and little 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 thunder in the background? I think it's pretty cool. So, no, I don't like it when there's a there's an EF3 tornado going to be coming through that the devil sent. You, you know, now we rebuke those, but but, you know, you have... From time to time, you have storms go through that the, the devil's not directly behind it. We just live in a fallen, in a fallen world. You're going to have some storms. And so they're in a storm here. And, uh, verse 24, the boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. The wind was contrary. Now the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, uh, walking on the sea. Now notice he's walking on the sea. He's not rebuking it. See, before he was rebuking, wasn't he? Yes. But now he's not rebuking, he's walking. You know, there's some storms don't need to be rebuked. We just need to walk on top of them in the name of the Lord Jesus. You understand that? And so he's not rebuking. He's walking. I don't see where he ever rebuked this storm. But you see, a lot of Christians, what they want to do is they want to rebuke everything. Now, some things need to be rebuked. Some storms need to be rebuked if the devil sent them, but we live in a fallen world. You got a storm, you don't necessarily have to rebuke all storms. Some of them, you just walk on top of them. Glory to God, victorious. You know what I mean by that, you know? You know what I mean by that? You just soar over the top of them. And, uh, you know, just be like that, that, that airline, that airliner, that 747, when there's a storm out in front, you know, it just goes up, a lot of times just goes up over the top of them, you know? You know, just soars over the top. Is that right? And uh, glory to God. And uh, we were coming back from the Dominican Republic one time. My wife and I, we were there on vacation and we're coming back and we're flying along there. And 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 a pilot comes on there and he says, we got a big, bad, nasty storm out in front of us. And we're just I think he said, we're going to just fly up over the top of it, if that's all right with everybody. And I'm sitting there. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we were coming back from Cancun on another vacation, you know, and uh, I don't take a lot of vacations, but but I have taken some. And uh, but, uh, you know, my wife tells me I, I don't like to leave Fenton, but for never leaving Fenton, I've been to Hawaii. I've been to the Rocky Mountains a couple of times. I've been to the Grand Canyon. I've been to, I've even been to Las Vegas. I've been to the Niagara Falls. I've been to the White House, you know. I, not in it, but I saw it, you know. I, I was, when we went, when we went to, to Washington, D.C., I got lost. And, and I'm sitting there, I said, Diane, I'm lost. Now this is before the cell phones, you know. I said, well, lost, I'm lost. Where are we? And I look up and I see this sign, it says Pennsylvania Avenue. And I'm thinking, 
Now, I, I've, I've heard that before. And then I look to my left and there's this big, beautiful White House. And I, I said, you can't be lost. I'm at the White House, you know. <laughs> Pretty cool. You know? <laughs> I lost right outside the White House. But so I've been all over the place. For, you know, I've been to Cancun a couple of times, the Dominican Republic. For, so, Diane, for somebody that never leaves Fenton, we, we've done pretty good, haven't we? But we were in Cancun, and, uh, and, and, and I remember, because uh, uh, I watched the Weather Channel, you know, uh, that morning, and there was a big, bad th- a big bad storm out over the Gulf, you know, and those pilots, they'd come in, you know, they'd, they'd bring one, one group down and take another back to St. Louis, and that's what they did. And so I, I, caught, the, I caught the one, the pilots, they'd come off the jet, you know, and they'd go get their coffee. And then they'd get back on and fly the group back. And I was on the plane getting, going to fly back. And I knew there was this big thunderstorm. And so I, I said to the pilots as they got off, I'm following behind them, you know, I said, I said, I said, sirs, can I, can I ask y'all a question? Said, what is it? And I was a little bit younger at the time. And, and, uh, and, and, and I said, I'm a pastor from Fenton, Missouri, and I'm going to be flying back on your jet today back to St. Louis. And that didn't seem to impress them at all. And I wasn't trying to impress them. <laughs> wasn't trying to impress them. But uh, so they're walking down to the coffee shop and, and I said, I said, I, I, I would probably do this now. But I said, I, I'm not I don't know. But uh, if you know this, but uh, but I said, I saw on the weather channel, there's a big, bad storm out there over the Gulf, right where we're going to have to fly. And he said, we're aware of it. <laughs> and, and I said, oh, I'm so glad. I said, I said what are we going to do about it? <laughs> he, he, he said, he, he said, he said, well, he said, uh, we've already laid in a flight plan and we're going to we're going to we're going to fly around it. We're going to come up over Texas and come in that way. It's going to take a little longer, but it'll be a lot safer if it's all right with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's just fine. That's just fine. But uh, but uh, so I'm not much of a flyer, you know. I know it's safe, it's safe, you're safer up there probably flying than you are down here, but I'm not much of a flyer. And one time when we were landing there, you know, at, at Lambert Field, you know, and, uh, and, and my favorite part of the flight is, is once we've landed, once we're down on the ground and taxiing back over to the runway, you know. Now I don't mean taxiing to leave, I mean we've landed and we're taxiing in. My favorite part of the flight is a taxiing. You know what I mean? Driving over to the terminal. I said that to a lady. She was sitting right beside me there, you know. And I said, ma'am, I said, this is my most favorite part of the flight right here. We're taxiing over to the terminal. And she looked at me and she said, well, I know one thing for sure. You're not, you're definitely not related to the Wright brothers. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they discovered the flying, you know, and all. So, so I'm not related to the Wright brothers. So, but you know what? Here's the deal. Not all storms, I don't know how I got off on all that, but not all storms need to be rebuked. You need to realize some of them you just soar over the top of them. And that's what Jesus did here. I don't see where he rebuked this storm. I don't see where he he did anything like that. He just uh, he walked on top of it. And then notice verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it's a ghost. They cried out for fear. Jesus spoke to them. Notice he spoke to them, not to the storm. He's not rebuking the storm. He said, be of good cheer. It's I do not be afraid. And Peter, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Now, look, can you see right here that it was now Jesus is walking on the water. He's walking on top of this storm. Can you see that Peter, it was Jesus's will for Peter to walk on it, too. 
And, 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 and not just Peter, but those 11 other disciples, they could have got in on this too. Peter was the only one that asked. <clears throat> that asked. Jesus is no respecter of persons. If any of the other 11 would ask, would you agree with me? They could have walked on it too. So what do we see here? This storm was not to be rebuked. This storm was to be walked on. Right? Soared over the top of. Victoriously. Is that right? And uh, But then, of course, he saw the wind boisterous. He was afraid and all of that. He began to sink and Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him, said, Oh, you little faith, why did you doubt? And then Jesus got in the boat. The wind ceased, you know, but it ceased without any rebuke. There was no rebuke. So let's don't let our default position always be to rebuke a storm. Sometimes we're supposed to walk on top of it. Just walk on top of it and just be victorious. And... uh and it's interesting, we're reading Matthew's account, but John's account, if you read the book of John, his account says that once Jesus got into the ship and they willingly received him into their ship, immediately the boat was on the other side of the, of, of the sea, immediately the boat was transported, immediately it was right over into the land where they were going. Now that's supernatural transportation, isn't it? I mean, I mean that's, that's fast, isn't it? I mean, immediately, that's John 6, 21, if you want to verse on it. I mean, just immediately, they were, choo, they were there. That's supernatural transportation. I mean, that, that is, uh, I wish flights would go that quickly, you know. Uh, you know, flying to Hawaii. You know, we flew, we flew to Hawaii. Somebody gave us a vacation many years ago, and I'll tell you right now, it's, it's, I think it's eight hours and 31 minutes going over, and it's, it's eight hours coming back because you got to win with you, I think. I know because I counted every last minute of it. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I tell you, coming back, uh, when we came back from Hawaii, uh, the, we got up there, you know, and the pilot comes on. And when the pilot says this, you know, it's going to be he, he comes on. He says, this is going to be a this is going to be a rough flight. He said a lot of turbulence. It's a lot of turbulence at all levels, you know. And I tell you what, I, I, I and Diane will tell you, I bounced in that plane, you know. I, I mean, it was that I, I, I you couldn't sleep. I bounced in that plane. I could not sleep anyway on the plane. But I bounced from Honolulu, Hawaii, all the way to the Rocky Mountains, man, all the way. And then we got one minute respite. It stopped. It just stopped for a minute. I'm thinking, thank God that bouncing's over. And then it picked right back up. And we shook from the Rocky Mountains all the way into St. Louis. I tell you what. And I told Diane, I said, when we landed, I said, you know, remember when Elvis did his last concert, you know, and Vernon came on afterward. And he said, the picture you've just seen is the last live performance of Elvis on stage. And I told Diane, I said, let me tell you what. I said, I'm getting off this jet now. We just got back from Hawaii. I told her, I said, take a good look at me on this, this jet. Because I said the picture you see right now is the last live appearance of Terry Shield on a jet. I tell you what, I got off that thing. It was years before she talked me to going back on it, you know. But she said if I didn't go to Dominican Republic with her, she was going to leave me. So I, no, 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 no. I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But how did I get off talk? Well, we're talking about storms, you know. And uh, so this storm, uh, but but you see the miraculous happen, you know. But yeah, I wish we could get on the jet, just get on the jet and immediately we're right at the land we're going. That'd be my kind of flight. But you think about that. They got, Jesus got on the boat just that quick. Boom. They're there. I mean, that's something, isn't it? But you see, this storm was to be walked on top of and you experienced the miraculous and that's what we do with some storms. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. That's, that's right. So Jesus never rebuked it. He walked on top of it 
and so on and so forth. And, and by the way, I, I know one, a pastor friend of mine, God bless him, many years ago. It's interesting uh, because every time there'd be any kind of snowfall at all in St. Louis, he'd be rebuking that. He'd be rebuking, rebuking, you know, he'd be rebuking. I mean, I know one time there was going to be a, a, a little three inch snowfall, you know, on, on, on it was ha- well, it was happening on a Saturday night. And I remember he, he had the whole church rebuking that, rebuking that snow because, you know, sometimes folks don't come out on on, uh, uh, you know, when there's a little bit of snow. But uh, I don't think we rebuke a three inch uh, snowfall. Not here in St. Louis, you know. I mean, I enjoy a three-inch snowfall. How about you? I, I actually enjoy I actually enjoy a six-inch snowfall. Now, when I was a kid, I liked them them them, them footers. You know, when it shut school down. Nowadays, they get a little, little little snow flurry. They shut school down. But back in my day, you had to get at least about twelve inches of snow. You know, and maybe some ice underneath to get school shut down. But I tell you what, now as I've gotten older, I like the snow a little less and less and less and less. But I like a nice little three inch snowfall, don't you? Or a two inch snow. But you don't rebuke. I mean, bless his heart. Every time he'd be re- out there rebuking those three inch snowfalls, you don't rebuke three inch snowfalls in St. Louis. You enjoy them. Is that right? You walk on top, you sled on top of them. Is that right? You get your sled out and go sledding, you know. But I remember telling stories today. I remember one time, cause, you know, here pastor in the church, whenever there'd be a, a little bit of snow, you know, there'd be maybe several inches, you know, I'd notice the crowds would drop off, you know, on a Sunday morning. And, um, and so, you know, here in St. Louis, you'd, you know, as, as years went on, you'd get a little bit of snow and you, you know, the, the, the tenants on Sunday morning would, would fall off. And so I remember this, this one time, uh, we had this, uh, we had this, I guess it was about an eight inch snow. And, uh, and clearly you have to call church off, at least here in St. Louis. But, uh, but I remember I came up, I went out to check the roads. There'd been about eight inches and it was, it was, it was, it was miserable out there. And, uh, and, and so we'd call the, call the service off. And, but I had to come up here for some reason or another. I was up here about, uh, about 10 minutes to 10. Service starts at 10. And, uh, and the parking lot was just a ghost town. I mean, we'd shut the service down. It was, it was like a blizzard out there. And I came up in the four wheel drive. I had to get something. And, and I was getting ready to, I was getting ready to go back home. It was about 10 minutes to 10. And, uh, <laughs> and this car comes driving. There's nobody else out there. This car comes driving up the road. <laughs> it kind of spins and it comes in. It goes down and parks. And these two, these two folk get out, the man and woman, and they start walking up to the building. Well, they were, they were newer church members at that time. I didn't realize it, but, but they said, uh, they came up to the door and they, they said, as, cause I was getting ready to leave, they said, where is everybody? We're, we're, we're having church. It's almost time for church to start. Where is everybody? And I said, well, I, said, I mean, it's, bliz- it's a blizzard out here. It's a blizzard. It's a blizzard out here. And they said, um, they said, blizzard, blizzard. We're from, we're from Massachusetts or we're up there from Maine. This is just like a little, this is just like, this is like a little nothing out here, you know. You see, see how people are different, you know, from depending on what part of the country you're from. They said, we never shut church down for this from where we came from, you know. I remember when we went, Diane and I went to Chicago one time on our way. We were going to Niagara Falls, I think. And uh, every time I say Niagara Falls, I'm going to slowly I turn, step up. <laughs> anyway, Abbott <laughs> Costello. But, but, but we were, we were in, with Three Stooges. Yeah, yeah, Three Stooges. So we were in, uh, uh, <laughs> 
I start talking about the Three Stooges one day in here? And a lady just about freaked out. She just she, she said, I won't come back here talking about them. I, I like the Three Stooges. But we were in Chicago, and Diane and I, we were watching the news, you know, in the evening. And they said, oh, they said, oh, they said, you better watch out tomorrow. It's going to be a scorcher out there. It's good. Remember, it's going to be all. Oh, it's going to be. It's going to be tough out there. You better watch it. You better have a lot of water, a lot of fluids. You know, don't want to get dehydrated. It's going to be. It's going to be a nasty day tomorrow. And Diane and I are thinking, oh my gosh, you know, it's going to be you know, 110, something like that. And they said, uh, oh yeah, it's it's going up. It's going up to 80 tomorrow. <laughs> I thought, what are you talking about? But you see, in Chicago, in Chicago, that's that's that's. That's, that's, that's a heat wave for them. I know you go out to Arizona, you get just a little bit of rain, and they get what they call, uh, monsoons, or we're like floods. And, and like, a, like I talk about three inches of snow, but you take three inches of snow and go down way south, that can shut something down. So it depends on what part of the country you're from. But anyway, are you getting what I'm trying to say here? Not all storms are supposed to be rebuked. Is that right? So some storms we rebuke if the devil sends them. Some storms we walk on top of. And then, you know, some, some storms we just weather them. We just weather them. Let's go to Acts the 27th chapter. Acts the 27th chapter. Some storms you, you don't rebuke. You don't walk on top of them. You just weather them. And frankly, sometimes you'll suffer some loss. Now, around certain faith circles, people don't want to hear that. But, you know, I believe in the faith message, but I don't believe in what's known as a hyper faith. Message. Did you get what I just said? Hyper. I mean, I've already had people sit right in this right in this room here, and 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 they think that that we're supposed to be as faith people absolutely bulletproof. I mean that nothing 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 can possibly harm us. Would you Would you agree with me? The Apostle Paul knew a lot about faith. The Holy Spirit really used him to write much of the book on faith. Is that right? The book, the Bible. And the Apostle Paul was not bulletproof, was he? Did he go through some perils? Did he go through some some tough stuff? Did he? Did he get beat up a lot? Huh? I've had people sit right, stand right in this sanctuary and say that the Apostle Paul was out of the will of God or he didn't know faith or this or that or the other. You know that's not right. That's a hyper, that's, that's a hyper type of a teaching on faith. It's, it's taking scriptures and things out of context. Did you hear what I just said? I believe the Apostle Paul knew some things about faith. And, and he went through some tough stuff. But I also know about the Apostle Paul. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. And the Lord did deliver him out of them all. And he finished his race with, with joy and with, and he got to the end of his, uh, end of the course and, and he lived out his life. He was an aged man and, and there was a crown of, of righteousness laid up for him. I mean, that's a good way to end. But he had some, he had some bumps along the way, didn't he? And when I, when I say hyper faith, you understand what I mean when I say the hyper, like, like nothing, if, if, if something bad hits us in our life, if a sickness hits us or something hits us or this or that, that, that we're just not in faith and we don't understand anything about faith or we're out of the will of God. Now, you know, that's, that's a hyper teaching. That's not correct. Do you understand that? I see, I see good men of God in the Bible that, that, that knew faith, understood faith. Lived by faith, pleased God, but, 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 but 
uh, the devil would get blows in on them from time to time. You know what I mean? Different things would hit them. And, and, uh, but they'd use their faith to overcome those things, see. Do you get what I'm talking about? But to say that, oh, you know, the hyperface says, oh, nothing bad's ever going to happen. You know, we're bulletproof. You know, do you understand? It's just like there's hyper prosperity. Have you ever heard of hyper prosperity? You know, hyper prosperity is, you know, give, give, give. And it's all, you know, going to be given back to you. And God's going to give you the world with a fence around it. You know, you're all going to be millionaires. And 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 now, I believe in that prosperity message, but you can take things too far. And do you understand that? I mean, how many of you know we're not all going to be multimillionaire billionaires? Right. Like the hundredfold return. If the hundredfold return really worked the way the hyper faith Prosperity people teach it. You would exhaust the money. You'd exhaust all the money. So you just do the math on it. I used to be a math teacher, but just take one dollar and then do a hundred times it times a hundred, and then take that hundred times it. Because if they give a dollar, supposed to get back a hundred. Give a hundred, and then you're supposed to get back what ten thousand or whatever it is. You give ten thousand, and pretty soon you're a million and billions, trillions, and pretty soon the economy is exhausted. And if the hundredfold return really Operated the way they 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 say, uh, 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 they wouldn't need to receive tithes and offerings anymore. They'd have so much money they wouldn't know what to do with it all. You talk about buying a jet; they could buy Southwest Airlines, American Airlines, United Airlines. Is that right? Wow. See, it doesn't work the way they've taught it. But I believe that if we'll give, it'll be given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Yeah. And that hundredfold really means many times more. In certain certain situations, God might give you more than hundredfold. Others, he may not. There's 30, 60, 90, 100. You understand what I'm talking about? So I believe in prosperity, but the hyper stuff, you can go too far with it. And you can go so far with it that it clouds your it clouds your walk with God. I've watched ministers go so far with the prosperity message that it clouds their per, per, prophetic pers, uh, perspective, you see. But I believe in prosperity. God's blessed me on every side. But have I ever told you that if you give, that God's going to give you this, 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 that, and the other? No. What have I said? If you consistently tithe and give, God will consistently meet your needs and bless you and run you over. Now, I can live with that. Is that right? But but I've heard them already with, oh, giving this offering and, you know, you're going to get. uh, And by the way, be careful. I don't know why I'm on this. Maybe somebody needs to watch it. But when people start preaching supernatural debt cancellation, you need to go turn that off. You can't, there's no Bible doctrine on that. A couple of isolated incidents on that. But you can't take that and preach that to people. You understand that? It could could happen in an isolated case here and there like it happened here in the Bible. But you you can't build doctrine on that. But I believe that if you'll work hard, you'll save, you'll tithe, you give, God will bless you and he'll, he'll, he'll bless you on every side, run you over so you'll have more than enough and enough to help others. Can you say amen? amen? So let's just stay balanced in the middle of the road. I don't know why I've gotten off on some of these things. Maybe somebody's going to listen to this today or tomorrow or next week and be blessed by it. Let's finish this up. Notice what happened to the Apostle Paul. Now he gets into a storm here. That is really, it was beyond his control. Look at this. Acts 27 verse 1. When the time came, we set sail for Italy. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in custody to the Roman officer. So Paul's in custody. And verse 4. Putting out to sea from there, we encountered strong headwinds and made it difficult to keep the ship on course. And then verse 7. We had several days of slow sailing. 
And after great difficulty, we finally neared uh, Nidus. Uh, but the wind was against us, so we sailed across to Crete and along the sheltered coast of the island, past the Cape of Sal- Salmon. We struggled along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fair Havens near the town of Lazia. Now look at verse 9. We had lost, we lost a lot of time. Now watch this. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall. And, uh, Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Well, you see, when I went and talked to those pilots, you know, on that, I, I got that off Paul. See, he's going, he's talking to them. <laughs> I just now saw that. I've never seen, seen that before. <laughs> I'm in good company. But you see, uh, here, it was a dangerous time to travel. You know, we need to use our brains a lot of times yes. in these things. And in faith circles, a lot of them, people think that we're uh, transformed by the removing of our minds. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're supposed to use our brains. Is that right? Yes. I know sometimes faith doesn't make sense to your, your natural thinking. I understand that. But God's given us brains. We ought to use them. And, you know, and, and frankly, if there's a big ice storm out there, how many of you know we shouldn't go out driving on it? We ought to use our brains. If there's a big, big storm out there, you know, how many of you know we ought to use our brains? You know? And, uh, and we just ought to use our noggin, you know, and it could save us a whole lot of trouble. Anyway, so they shouldn't have been sailing. It was wrong time of the year. Diane and I, the few times we have gone, you know, to the Dominican, we never schedule a, a trip there during hurricane season. Right. Now, that, that's good sense, isn't it? Right. Yeah. You know, some people, they, they you know, don't, don't schedule during hurricane season. But anyway... So Paul talks to the officers, and then verse 10, men, he said, I believe, actually this word means perceive. Now, now, it, now look, it's, it's a, not the right time to sail, naturally, but now you got a man of God that's perceiving on the inside that you shouldn't go. Now, I'm not getting on that ship if there's any way I could stay off it. How about you? Is that right? And, uh, and so he said, I perceive that there's trouble ahead of us if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, danger to our lives as well. I'm not going to get on that ship. unless The only way you're getting me on that ship is if you put me in handcuffs, put me on there. And that's what they did to Paul. He wouldn't have got on there, but he was a prisoner. He had no choice. But now, how many of you know we ought to use our brains and we ought to listen to the Holy Spirit right here, right? That right? Anyway, but notice verse 11. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. See, it's all about money, isn't it? Really what this was about. I'd be listening to Paul. But he didn't. They didn't. They went on. And then a terrible hurricane arose. And they named that storm too. I don't really, Euclidean or something, they named it the storm. And uh, uh, this could have been avoided. You know, some storms can be avoided. And I want to say this, I wasn't going to get on this, but I want to say it. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you know, and we need to also be sensitive to our, to our brain, right? And, and a lot of storms can be avoided if it's, if it's, it's like hurricane season. Don't go, don't schedule a trip to the, to the Dominican or somewhere in the hurricane season. You can avoid a lot of things, right? And if you don't have peace, if you don't have peace, I remember we were going up to New York City. Uh, we were going to be up there around September, uh, around the first part of September 2001. We were going to go up that way. And, and we were going to travel up there, fly up there. And Diane came to me and she said, I don't have peace about it. 
Now, when she don't have peace about flying, I'm not going. I said, okay, well, that's fine. And uh, and so we didn't go up to New York City around the first part, middle part of September 2001. Does anybody know what happened on September 11, 2001? Well, that was 9-11, wasn't it? Now, I'm not saying we'd have been in New York City or around that. At the, I'm not saying that, but I just know that we'd have been in that area. And, and I do know people got stuck in different parts of the country, but I'm just saying just that leading of the Lord kept us from being in that area, you see. Can you say amen? So... Some storms can be avoided. Now look at verse 20. The terrible storm raged for many days. Actually, this went on for about 15 days. Think about that. Blotting out the sun and the stars until all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. I can say amen to that. You would have avoided all the damage. See, all of it could have been avoided. But take courage, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. See, now Paul was in this, it was, it was beyond his control, but they still should have listened to him, but they didn't. But he says, take courage, none of you will lose your lives. I mean, that's, a good, that's good news, isn't it? The ship's going down. Now, I've had those hyper-faith people, they've sit right here in this church over the years and say, well, see, if there was really faith going on there, the ship wouldn't have went down either. Well, I tell you what, the ship... Sometimes a ship goes down. You just don't want to be on it when it does. Now, I think if you believe God and trust God, your ship might go down, but he'll, he'll deliver you out of it yourself. Amen? Okay. And then he said last night, an angel of God whom I to whom I belong, whom I serve, stood beside me and said, don't be afraid, Paul, You will, uh, for you'll surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Isn't that wonderful? So take courage, for I believe God, it will be just as he said. Now, they lost the ship. They lost the cargo. Again, the hyper-faith people, I've, I've had them. They've come to me afterwards after a sermon. Say, well, see, if there was really faith going on there, you know, they wouldn't have lost the ship and the cargo. I say, praise God, they didn't lose their lives. Amen. I'm a faith person. I'm just not the hyper. I'm a prosperity person. I'm just not the hyper. You understand what I mean by that? I want to stay in the balance with the word of God, you see. And so... What you need to realize, this storm here was not to be rebuked. I don't see, you see Paul rebuking it? He didn't rebuke it, did he? Don't you think that this man of God, if that storm could have been rebuked, he'd have rebuked it? Absolutely. Now, you say, was the storm, a, was it, was it, was it, was it sent by the devil? Was it this, was it that? All I can tell you is Paul, a man that God used to write nearly half of the New Testament, did not rebuke it. I've had people, hyper-faith people, right in here say, well, Paul should have rebuked the storm. Paul didn't really understand the principles of faith. I believe Paul, hey, don't tell me Paul didn't understand the principles of faith. He wrote them by the Holy Ghost. Is that right? And if that storm needed to be rebuked, don't you think he'd have rebuked it? If it could have been walked on top of, don't you think he'd have walked on top of it? But he didn't rebuke it. He didn't walk on top of it. What did he do? He weathered it. We need to realize that. And this doesn't go over real well in hyper-faith circles. But some storms need to be weathered. And you're going to suffer some loss. But thank God if you do believe God and you're really in Bible faith, your life can, can be spared. Can you say amen? Yeah. 
Glory to God. And then uh, right before I close, I just want to say this. Some storms we bring on ourselves. Have you ever brought a storm on yourself? You know, the most famous example of this is Jonah. Jonah disobeyed God, didn't he? And he brought that storm on himself, didn't he? And, uh, and I think about Jonah. He, when, he was on, when he was on that ship and that storm was raging and all of that, would have rebuking that storm do him any good? No. What about walking on top of it? Is he? No. Weathering it. What did he need to do? He needed to do, starts with an R. Oh, repent. So if you brought a storm on yourself, you repent. It's not a matter of, and I've had them, I've had them, I've had a lot of people over the years. Yeah, Jonah should have rebuked that storm. If he understood the principles of faith, he'd have rebuked that storm. Now that storm, you don't, that storm with Jonah was sent by God. You don't rebuke something that's sent by God. See, rebuking wouldn't have done any good. Walking on, you're not going to walk on top of a storm that God sent. And, and you, whether you're not going to weather, the only thing you can do is repent. And that's what he did. And by the way, with Jonah, here's another good statement that you need to realize. Uh, those, those mariners, you know, that he was on that ship, uh, 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 those, those sailors, they got in the midst of his, of Jonah's storm, didn't they? Here's a good nugget for you. Be careful, be watchful. You don't get in the midst of somebody else's storm. Now, I realize they didn't know Jonah was on the ship till later. I, I, I understand that, all of that. And even when they knew Jonah was there, it was his fault that the storm was there. They, they were good people. They didn't want to throw him over. I know all that. But this is just a good point I'm making. You be watchful who you run with, who you hang around. Because sometimes you can get in the midst of other people's storms. And you can be collateral damage to other people's storms. So what, what kind of storms do we have? We have storms sent by the devil that we rebuke. We have other storms that just happen and we, we can walk on top of them, praise God, and be victorious and experience the miraculous. Some storms we just weather them. We just weather them. And let's certainly don't bring a storm on ourselves. Now, here's what people ask me at the end of this message, because I preach this a few times over the years. They'll say, Pastor Terry, how do I know when to rebuke it, when to walk on top of it, when to weather it? How are, 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 do I need to repent? How do I know? How, well, the repent one's pretty easy. If you've got something in your life that shouldn't be there and you're in a storm, that's, that's pretty easy. But how do I know? How do I know? You know, it's like the thermos jug. You ever heard of a thermos jug? It keeps hot things hot and it keeps cold things cold. But how does it know? <laughs> some people get that and some people don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get it, just sit there and smile and laugh, pretend like you do. <sighs> you know, one good preacher says it this way. The answer to a thousand and one questions is be led by the Holy Ghost. Yes. So you got to be led. Be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will let you know. Yes. He'll let you know. If there's, and sometimes you can just use your head. If there's an EF4 tornado headed this way, do you think God has sent it? Do you think so? No. Now, some people say all those EF4s are God judging. You know, you got to be watchful about saying what God's judging and what he's not. How come you've had EF4s or you've had hurricanes? I've watched them. Hurricanes come in. They're Louisiana, you know, and people say, oh, God's judging Louisiana. Well, if that's God judging them hurricanes, some of them hurricanes, God's not a very good shot because sometimes you'll see, you'll see the orphanage torn up and you'll see the beer hall and not touched. I think God's a better shot than that. What do you say? 
Can you say amen? amen. So you got to be watchful about saying what's judgment, what's not uh, of God. You just need to be watchful of that. But you need to be led by the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. You know, stay in the Word of God. Stay in prayer. And the Holy Ghost will let you know. And use your brain. If something, if, would you agree with me if an EF3 was coming this way tonight? And they, could we say, well, that's God sending it? No, that'd be the devil sending it. What would we do? We'd rebuke it. And it would work just like it has every other time. It would dissipate before it got here to break up, go north, go, go south. Can you say amen to that? Absolutely. So use your, use your brain. But beyond that, you got to be led by the Holy Ghost. And he'll let you know if you need to rebuke it or if you need to walk on top of it, you know, or if you need to weather it, you see. Praise God forevermore. And I'll tell you this, how to endure all storms is found in Matthew 7, verse 24. Jesus said, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew, beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. That's the way you endure every kind of storm is hear the word of God and do it. And then he goes on to say, hey, people that hear the word of God and don't do it, they're foolish and the storm comes and they fall, you see. So, so, so how to endure all storms, I'm going to read it again. Those who hear Jesus's words and does them, he says, you're a wise person and the rain will descend, the floods will come and there could be storms and the winds will blow and beat on your house, but it will not fall for it's founded on the rock. And that's how you endure all storms. Can you say amen? amen. So build your foundation on the word of God. Hear the word of God. Keep the word of God. Use your brain, but more importantly, be led by the Holy Ghost. And if a storm needs to be rebuked, rebuke it. If it needs to be walked on top of, walk on top of it. It needs to be weathered, weather it. If you brought it on yourself like Jonah, repent. Those who obey, obey God will make it. The ship might get destroyed. You may suffer loss, but you yourself will survive. Glory to God. And I preach myself happy. <laughs> Glory to God. I start out a little slow today, but I'm happy now. Glory to God. So I hope it had the same effect on you. I hope you're happier now than when we started this. So, hey, if you're out there, you praise God. So if you're out there today... And you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you're in some kind of a storm right now. Maybe it's a, it's a, it's a family storm. You know, those can be very turbulent. Uh, maybe it's a financial storm. Maybe it's a storm of sickness and disease. Whatever it might be. Hey, turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to Him and, 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 and He'll lead you and He'll guide you. He's the great navigator. He's the great navigator. Yeah, yeah, the Holy Ghost is the great navigator. He, he's the guide. The Bible calls him a guide. So lean on the Holy Ghost. He's the great navigator, and he can navigate you around a storm. He can navigate you right through the storm, and he'll help you if you'll just lean to him. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, please do so today. There's really a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. So, so the way to miss hell and make heaven is to repent of your sins, cry out uh, to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and in a moment's time, He'll save you, you'll miss hell, you'll make heaven, and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. God bless you. Bye-bye.